0: Look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More than money with the Popowitch Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on News Talk 770. Um, we talk a lot about health care and, you know, there's, uh, there's some – uh, facts, some trends that are becoming problematic in healthcare, and it's not just amongst the young we often hear about it, but there's issues happening, we, you know, we hear in the news a lot about about the opioid crisis. Correct. Right? And uh, we, we thought, well, we should maybe investigate this a little bit more. In particular, how is it affecting that, you know, that population 50 plus? Because there are real Pain needs, right, and medication for pain that That's we right. need. Anyways, uh, you and I don't know much about this, but uh, Dr. George Alvarez is going to join us today. Calgary intensive care unit physician, uh, Dr. Alvarez, thanks for taking some time with us today. Pleasure to be here. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this opioid crisis. We hear a lot of uh, a lot about it in the news these days. How did it happen? Where did it start? Give us a bit of background, if you would.
1: Absolutely. So I think it's fair to say that it is a crisis, especially with all the sensational headlines that you see both in the newspaper and on TV. And I think probably my opening comments would be narcotics are amazing. Uh, they're a good drug. Uh, they treat pain. And in fact, they were created to treat acute pain. Right. You break your leg, you get morphine or some sort of narcotic, and the pain goes away, and it's amazing. And uh, But they weren't really created for chronic pain, which is where this epidemic, I think, has come from in this abuse Uh, the second thing is I believe people have pain and it's one of those very difficult things where people are on chronic narcotics for their chronic pain and people need to understand that chronic narcotics are not very good for chronic pain because just like any other drug alcohol nicotine there's a dose response and there's uh, tolerance so when you were a kid you could get, you know, drunk on a couple of beers and when you get older you need a little bit more. So that's kind of where it started from and I'll I'll also say that I have a fairly jaundiced view of this because I deal with very sick people. Right. So my comments are are meant specifically to highlight the bad part of this. Uh, opioid issue uh, and we'll probably not touch on all the good stuff because there's a lot of good things so i just want the listener to understand that we're certainly we're certainly talking about the bad part not the good part and you know the pharmaceutical industry about 20 years ago uh, started creating more and more opioid like uh, drugs and i think they tried to convince people that if it was used wisely uh, there would be no addiction problems and it wouldn't become an issue Uh, The problem is that can't possibly be true because just like every other drug that society is legalized or not legalized, it has a potential for abuse and tolerance.
2: So, Dr. Alvarez, is our health system equipped to deal with these problems?
1: Um, I think it's... um, currently I don't think so. Uh, I mean, the reason why you see all these horrible stories is because I think, like most epidemics like uh, and to use a very sensational maybe over exaggerated is like the SARS epidemic people didn't see HIV coming people didn't see SARS coming, and it isn't because physicians and patients aren't concerned about each other's health it's I think it's really just people were underwhelmed by this problem and then when people are underwhelmed they don't see it and it affects marginalized populations it can get bad in a big hurry.
0: I I like I hadn't thought about it in the terms you just put forward, right? The medication was created not for chronic long-term use, but for short-term use to, to kill the pain, right? The broken leg syndrome. Um, having said that, is is that the basis then of addiction, right? This this notion that we're trying to jam a bit of a square peg in a round hole with these short-term drugs used over a very long, uh, I guess the
1: intent for short-term use, then used over a very long-term period. Is that the
0: basis of this
1: addiction? Yeah, there's sort of um there's a difference between addiction and tolerance, and there are people that know more about this subject than I do, and, um, uh, but yes, uh, I, I think, I'll go back further in time, there's some interesting stuff out there. Uh, one is about 90% of the world's narcotics are prescribed in North America, meaning somehow in the last generation or so, we as society have Decided that pain is not normal, which is completely incorrect. We've evolved to have pain You put your hand in the fire. ow it hurts. You take it out So from an evolutionary point of view pain is a very powerful way of staying alive. It it sort of helped us Evolve Uh, and then somehow We as a society think that pain is not normal when you look at other societies uh, They use way less narcotics because they understand uh, pain is normal Pain is a part of healing, and this is now extended to other things. If you're sad, you take a happy pill. If you can't sleep, you take a sleepy pill. If you're too sleepy, you take an awake pill. And this is the ongoing, this is all wrapped up in the same thing. And people who get tolerant or addicted to narcotics, it's not their fault, Uh, it's the same. It's, it's a, it's a real medical issue. I look at it just as serious as people that have cancer, who have diabetes and who are alcoholic. These people need help and they get hooked on and they get, and they get tolerant to it.
2: So there's a supply and a demand issue behind this, uh, Dr. Alves. Mm-hmm. Why is there a supply from the medical de- uh, uh, group? Why are they still, if they know that this patient has been coming back for a chronic pain and getting a short-term fix over and over again, why hasn't there been a cutoff? Why aren't we not having that as a program or an agreement amongst all, all, all physicians saying, we're going to cut you off now, you're too bad?
1: yeah uh, well that that's a very difficult question i think uh well first we're certainly trying to recognize that most provincial boards are trying to uh, educate uh physicians uh, including myself uh, by the way on um, the issues related to any uh, medication that has um, a potential to be abused and i and i think uh, I, i feel very sorry for both the frontline workers and the the patient Somebody comes into my office five or seven years ago before this really became an issue and they are doc i'm in pain Uh, please help me it's really difficult as a physician to say sorry too bad you have to suck it up Uh, because that's not really of the relationship that we have we uh, we have a fiduciary relationship one built on trust Uh, and so when people come to me they tell me things that they don't tell anybody else so if they tell me they're in pain I believe them, and I always say I believe them. The problem is pain is so subjective. Mm-hmm. I don't know if your 10 out of 10 pain is a mosquito bite to me or your mosquito bite makes me, uh, you know, wither in, in pain and I'm, you know, prostate on the floor. So that's one issue is that we want to help our patients. And the other issue the where people are doctor shopping and looking for drugs, well, that's a very difficult thing uh, until – provincial wide electronic medical records and pharmacies all linked up um, has started to happen in the last few years it was very difficult and there's a time lag to track people going doctor to doctor for the very small minority and i think i want to highlight that patient the, the it's a very small minority of people who are who are trying to abuse this and you great. know that's you great. know so i think that that's important you know i'm not here to say People on narcotics don't deserve to be on narcotics because I think they do. It's this small percentage uh, that has seeped out. And then once it became a problem, well, then people who can uh, manufacture it illegally, i.e. the fentanyl and the carbifentanyl that's coming out, well, then there's a market. And then that need has exploded and people are taking advantage of it. And um, obviously, the only thing that we can highlight is how about all of these people that are on narcotics? Uh, But it's really not it's the people that are taking financial advantage of it that have created an issue.
0: We've got to leave it at that point. I want to thank you for your input on that.
1: No problem. it was my pleasure.
0: We've been joined by Dr. George Alvarez Cal- Calgary Intensive care Unit physician. Um, <clears throat> you know this is uh, this is an interesting it was an interesting perspective I thought clearly. It'd be nice if this was a black and white issue, There'll right? Never be one. Yeah. But I mean, it, every time you talk about these kinds of issues, you just realize the complexity of the problem, and then the question is: is it the majority or the minority, right? There's a whole for the greater good, you know. What? What? There's varying degrees, right? And it's um, unfortunately something I think we're going to hear more and more about. Uh, not just amongst the you know the young population that are using it for you know clearly incorrect purposes, but but as as this demographic ages,
2: there there are people in the boomer demographic that have that have this problem.
0: Yeah, no, no, for sure. We for can't sure. just say
2: it's a it's a youth problem. No, 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 but a, that's where it starts to get that's sensationalized. That's where the media right. te- puts the attention. Yeah. But we have seen celebrities
0: die sure. because of this, and it's they're in they're in the 50 plus age. Yeah, yeah. There's no question it's a problem regardless of age, right? Could become a bigger problem if an aging demographic gets more access to these these particular products, right? And they're used inappropriately or stolen or whatever the case may I
2: be. really like the fact when, when uh, <clears throat> Dr. Alvarez said about pain, that pain is part of living. It's not something you have to ignore. It's something that you have to understand and, and, and use it to... to To heal, and that's where I think he's. I think he nailed it when he said we're just we're just focused on just getting rid of the pain versus dealing with it.
0: Right, and the varying degrees of it. Fair enough. Okay, we've got a seminar coming up here on May 16th.
2: Yeah, it's Tuesday, May 16th, 7 p.m. at the Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits, talking about your health bucket. How are you going to deal with the costs as as it goes up over time? How are you going to profit and protect in these markets? And how are you going to receive income for the rest of your life so you don't have to worry about running out of money? Again, on Tuesday, May 16th, 7 p.m. at the Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits. You need to reserve your seats, give us a call at 966-8400, 966-8400, or go to our website at morethanmoneyradio.com.
0: Nearly two-thirds of Canadians, Faisal, aren't having those difficult conversations on the end-of-life care and the finances with their aging parents. So in a couple of minutes, we're going to dig in on the behind-the-scenes numbers. We're going to talk about how to make those conversations easier easier with the ones that you love. You're listening to More Than Money on Newstalk 770.